0: Alrighty, well, it's time for another review and another review beginning without no fucking winning song because our team just decides to keep fucking losing in the most heartbreaking of ways. This time in a Friday night showdown against that fucking mob from the other side of town. Um, those dickheads from West Lakes. Got one over on us and uh it was done in the most heartbreaking of fashion and but unfortunately not in a way that was completely unfamiliar to us Port Adelaide fans that have um, been long-suffering in some certain aspects of how we're playing footy in the past few years. But we'll get into it in this review and, uh, and talk about some things and, and uh, the goings-on in the aftermath of it and, and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, let's just, let's just set the mood with some, uh, some solid classic rock that just seems to fit the mood of everything that I want to be painted black as my soul feels right now. Soul so love the Friday night showdowns. Who'd, uh, who'd play a showdown on a Friday night? Eh, fuck that shit. Fuck it. Not a fan. Not a fan. Nah, I've been a little facetious. Um, I had someone, <laughs> someone say to me on Twitter, it was like, "Oh, Friday night showdowns not so bad. It's just your team lost." And I was like, "Duh." Like that's that was my point. <laughs> I was being, you know, it's the the brevity of Twitter and sometimes tone just doesn't come across well enough. Um. Which I found out today, as well, is there's been a lot of... Twitter's been fucking... Jeez, it's been fun if you want some drama in the past couple of days, isn't it? Fuck me. Um, True believers um, don't like um, talking about critical issues around our club, I guess. I don't know. It's been wild. Anyway, we lost the showdown. That was fucked. Jordan Dawson with his fucking... Like, all that fucking... God damn, like, it's... it... It was a great fucking kick. Whether he should have been taking it, uh, who knows, I haven't fucking watched it back, and I don't fucking intend to, um, but it was a great fucking kick, it was a great fucking kick, I'll give him that, um, you know, flashing, holding up the jumper, like, you're fucking proud of wearing your franchise, franchises fucking, fucking jumper, like, whatever, fuck off, cunt, um, you know, you, you'd feel a lot better if you're in the bars, and we would too, um, but, you know, it's, uh, it was a great kick, and um, but like, we never should have been in the position that a great kick like that could have beat us. Cause that's and that's the problem with this showdown, and with the review of it all. Excuse me, I'm having a beer just to get through this fucking shit. Um, we let them. This is the fucking problem I've been having for the last three or four days trying to compartmentalize this result. Is just how fucking familiar it is, us getting, kicking out, kicking out the two or three or four goal leads four times in a game and letting letting them slip each time. We saw it happen. Fucking, I, I can, off the top of my head, go Fremantle, Hawthorne, GWS, I think, last year without even having to really think too much about games that we got out to f- five or six goal leads at times and then let teams get back within 16, 17 points. Now, those games we ended up going on winning but it still happened. We let teams get a sniff late in the game after getting ourselves into a position where, and you know this game didn't. E- we didn't even get out to that bigger of a lead. And I think if we had in this one, if we got out to six goals, um, the result wouldn't have been in question. I don't think the Crows quite had it in them to come back from that. But um, and you know those teams last year didn't either. They but they got it back within a qu- they 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 asked the question, and I just think. The AFL is a weird league like that and like any sports league NBA um NFL uh soccer whatever premier league there's always going to be comebacks and weird results that aren't expected especially a team you know goes up 2-0 at half time and in the premier league and then loses or draws 2-2 or loses 3-2 um it does happen but it's not often but Port seem to have had a c- ability um or in, well an ability to have an inability to stomp on Team's throats, and I tweeted this a three-quarter time, before the fucking result had even happened. I was a three-quarter time. I was hoping we'd win. Obviously, we were ahead, and we'd we'd had a game where we 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 were better for most of the night. We were we were better for most of the night. Our, t- our pressure was better. Our tackling was up. Um, there's stats across the board. We'll get into the stats in a little bit. Um, oh, we'll get into them soon. Actually, I'll, I'll flip the script here a bit for the fucking review, because I don't want to really talk about this for too much longer. Yeah, you know, kind of try and keep this one fucking short and and just enjoy my beer. But you know, stats across the board are pretty even kicks and ambles, disposals, all that stuff with Adelaide. Um, so you know, it was even. In, it was a showdown, it, but our pressure was up. Our tackling was better. Um, you know, compared to the Hawthorne where um, we was non-existent. <laughs> um, we were better, um, and we we're better for across the night. I think we our class showed. Um, for most of the night, um, but not in a consistent way and that was the problem is we'd we'd go on these runs where we just looked like and we had Adelaide completely backpedaling, but then we just we'd let them get back into it. And they had some Arsey goals, some boundary goals, that one where the fucking there was a you know, tumbling ball around in the in the square and the guy grabbed it and just hacked it out of the air and kicked one and they, they got some of those but you've got to be able to defend against that as well like not defend against those instances but then go all right they've they've scored an nasty one let's go down and get get one back pretty quickly like we need to have an ability in our game to be like whenever a team, if we've got control of the general game you know general game's going our way we're on top of them in the mid midfield we're, we're kind of you know our pressure is getting is getting to them um we we're wearing it. I I just think we'll we'll we just the better side we've got to have an ability that when a team especially in a showdown if a team does get nasty goal against you just have an ability to switch flip the switch a little bit and and use your control of the game to go down and get a goal and have an, have an hunger for it and then have the hunger again it's just it's it's frustrating to let games slip from positions of comfort and and have it be a habit a fairly decent habit <laughs> cuz you know the Brisbane game um again was a game where I was impressed with a lot of things but we we let that game slip injuries didn't help and all that stuff and the conditions um but we can't keep using that as an excuse when it happens all the fucking time at some point you've got to accept it Some um, and in Brisbane I will keep saying that there was a lot of mitig- uh, factors that out of our control that uh did re- help help in that result but this this game the factors Everything was within our control, and we let it slip against Adelaide, and that's what is the worst part about it is we let it slip. There's no blame anywhere but ourselves. You can blame, you know, the umpiring was atrocious, but it was atrocious both ways for me. Um, he put he's put his fucking whistle away for the last couple of minutes up until that Sam May's hit, and yeah, look, we'd be we'd be calling for that free if um it was against one of our players. Um, I do think <laughs> with the whistle having been put away and being a showdown. Um, some some might let that one go because he kind of had a look around, I reckon, and then decided to call it. And then, and whether Dawson should have been taking the kick, who knows? But fuck it, he he took the kick. Like we can't, when you get down to that position of losing into an after the goal siren and a, with a free kick, it's like we well, you, you can blame re- umpire decisions all you want, but we got ourselves into that position. I mean, the fact that Trent McKenzie, um, Mark of the Year, got nomination by the way, I think for that goal the goal, the mark in the last last minute there. The fact that we had McKenzie take a heroic mark and we couldn't, uh, with what was it, 50 seconds to go, he's taking a heroic mark, we should be able to figure out our way from that point. Like, I know things happen. It's footy, it's crazy, it's a showdown. But still, with the team that we think we have or that we thought we have, now we don't know. I mean, injuries are biting, I get that. But we still should be able to work our way out of that position. And then we still shouldn't even be in that position. You know, we have fucking Elliot. Fucking Himmelberg kicked two goals in a minute to take a thirteen-point lead down to one. Um, and then you know Travis Boak gets that shot a goal again. Not blaming the individual there. Um, and Boak's never been the best set, set shot, nor is Ollie Wines, who missed one a relatively easier one earlier as well. Um, those guys, I'd fucking put my house on almost if it was on the run from fifty, but if it's a set shot from thirty on a slight angle, I'm not because there's just the the on it there's that midfielder. That Midfielder magic. They just they they they're better when they're moving with the ball, you know. And that's that's what we want them to be. Um, unfortunately, I wish we worked on a, a set shot kicking a little bit more because clearly we could use it. But um, yeah, there's it's just one of those games that um it was incredibly frustrating because it was so familiar to us as Port fans that we have seen our team let winning positions slip before. You know that prelim against Richmond. Um, again, a tough game not going to put any blame anywhere, but we got ourselves in a winning position and then umpiring decisions again and a little bit of a nasty goal, but we just don't... Teams, you can have bad luck as a club too. You know, some teams just luck into a dynasty. Some teams just luck into just bad luck. Um, But you make your own luck a little bit too. And I think um, while we could sit you know, Ken Hinkley could've lucked himself into a premiership if we did, just things had gone a little bit better our way against Hawthorne in twenty fourteen and then, you know, sliding doors, he gets that premiership and then everything's different from that, that point on. But it hasn't happened that way. And at this point he's he's now gonna he's in his tenth year with no grand final appearances. We, we all know that's an impending record for games without a grand final appearance coming. And regardless of what you think about whether it's his fault or whose fault, and he, he has done good things it's still the point that not many coaches get that long. You know, it dep- it doesn't matter what league you're in and around the world. At some point, if the result doesn't come, it is okay to say, hey, good bloke, been a decent coach, but we just don't think you're up to the job. And that's what Port fans are doing at the moment, is we are just going, hey, we just don't think he's the one for the job. And it is frustrating because we keep getting the same, and I think that's where the, the the frustration that has spilled over probably in the last couple of weeks, and particularly in the wake of the showdown loss, comes from. Is it's just a building frustration of the same messaging every year? Is that, and we don't actually we don't feel like we're seeing much change. We don't, especially after that prelim loss, we we expected some um, some real heat and change in the side, and we just haven't seen any of it so far. Um, probably, I mean, you could say the, uh, the uh, I guess the Todd Marshall, go- the, the forward line structure got a little bit more interesting um, this week. Um, certainly, think think uh, Todd Marshall, a great game, probably deserved. I think Travis Boak was probably going to get the showdown medal, from what I believe, um, if we'd won the game. Um, but Todd Marshall would be just as much deserving of it um, with that five-goal performance, his career best. Uh, I think his previous career best was a four-goal four, four goal performance against Frio in the 20, 2018 season opener. Um, but, you know, all those things, you know, forward line, um, working better, it still didn't work well enough. <laughs> we, The Crows um, are a team that is well below our standard at the moment, but they, they played up to our standard and it's a showdown. And and they got the result. They got the chocolates. And for all the things that we did well, um, it's all it it's all ultimately for naught because we're now we're on three and with not much to show, for, you know, not much to show for a decent performance in a showdown. But what comes out of it at the end is a showdown loss and and showdown losses, regardless of all the good things that can happen in them. Um, if you have some good good signs here and there, it's still a showdown loss. And ultimately, they're the ones that hurt um most. Besides, you know, grand final and brilliant losses, obviously. Uh these ones are like finals within a season, and we I think that's probably what sucks about it as well, I guess, is that we repeatedly are seeing any game that has some form of pressure on it, um, our team isn't handling it. And I think that's another factor within the uh frustration in in the in this game again, is it's just a game where we didn't handle the pressure cooker of the last of the last 10 15 minutes of the game um you know and you know in the final prelim final we didn't handle the pressure cooker of any point of it but you know in this game uh we ha- we're handling pr- things pretty well up until that last 15 minutes i think our, our last goal of the game was 7 minutes into the last quarter so that means there's another uh, i think the Jordan Dawson goal comes at 33 minutes so that means there's uh yeah 26 minutes of game time after Um, well you know including just of just running clock that we don't kick a goal after that and um, that's a frustration because we should be kicking we we should be making um, more of an impact in that point like you know when Tom Marshall kicks the opening goal of the last quarter we should be looking at that point as the point that we go all right let's step on the throats now and yes the Crows are going to have a counteracting game plan to work against what we are trying to do but we as a club and as a fan base have Believed we're better than that, and we we clearly weren't the other night. And that's again the frustration these these frustrations that keep coming is all these things that we're told um, about where our club is at. You know, the three premierships in five years and all that stuff. We were sold an expectation of 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 you know of a pretty good side in the next couple of years. And yes, as fans, we have to sit there and go, "Well, is that expectation worth worthy?" Um, is are we worth that expectation? We all believed we were, but we've got players that are stagnating and not playing their best footy. Um, our best player still is Travis spoke, and as much as I love Travis spoke playing at the level he is, we still shouldn't be that this heavily reliant on him, um, to be the that player. He should be to, he should be a compliment to this team rather than an absolute necessity. That's like, you know, when you look at premiership teams, um. They went that win premierships. Players like Travis Boker are like the compliment, they're the cherry on top. They're not the fucking, they're not the one that the engine's running. They're not. He's not the one. They're not the oil of the engine that's just keeping it desperately running. Because uh, where would be we, we'd be shocked, we'd be fucking shocking with uh, Travis Boak in the side, and that's a that's a bit of a um an alarming factor and something that should be alarming to the club as well as as well as fans and and maybe a point to what we need to already start looking for. In this off season, as far as trades go, um, getting someone in that can do the bolster the midfield, and it was something that was low key brought up in the last trade period. It was like, oh, I'm not sure about this midfield, but anyway, um, gotten a slightly off tangent from the actual game itself, but ugh, it was a rough one. It was rough. Um, statistically, uh, we'll get into the stats. I'm not going to bother putting the soundbite in for the stats thing because I just can't be fucking fucked. Um, but yes, the the fix the the uh. Stats. So, as I said, pretty even in disposals. The Crows had us by two disposals in the match, um, 345 to 343. We were below our average as well, the Crows being below their average as well, which just states the even, even nature of the game. 192 kicks apiece, just two more handballs for the Crows. Um, inside 50s, again, we won the inside 50s. I think we've won the inside 50s for every fucking game this year for an 0-3 start. Um, disposal efficiency, we were slightly up by 0.7%. Um, um, but again, efficiency inside 50, um, we're better than we have been uh, this year so far. Our 2022 average is 46% uh, for the first three games of the year, but we were 54.2% efficiency inside 50, but it crows 60% efficiency inside 50. Um, again, we're just letting teams, um, and defensively our, our soldiers are down a little bit, so that's part of it. But um, yeah, they, they had us some free kicks, um, so, you know, Make what you will of that. I think the umpiring was pretty average both ways. They probably just got a couple of crucial ones here and there. Um, some of the fifties, I just don't even fucking know. Hit outs again. Um, unfortunately, Scott Lysett got beaten again. Um, he had he, it wasn't as bad. I don't think it was quite as bad. I think Scott Lysett, <laughs> What's fun about him is he gets himself up for showdowns and he really gets into the 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 snarkiness of them, which I love. Um, contested possessions, the Crows did have us there, and I think. Um, I think that's probably. I I, th- I think our attack on the ball was good, um, better this this week, and I think and the tackles. I think if we get down to the tackle stats, um, we had eighty tackles to sixty four, so we're really up on the, on the tackles. Um, we had sixty, you know, that's uh, twelve twelve tackles more than our average for the year so far. Um, we had two hundred and five tackles for the year so far, and eighty of them were in the showdown. So the intensity was up. Um, tackles inside fifty, so the defensive. Forward fifty defense um sixteen tackles to seven um so again we were out, we were and then that's that's six more tackles than our average, so that's half of our tackles um for the year inside fifty came in the showdown, so it just shows how um probably terrible we were inside fifty on tackling and the pressure um against hawthorne and to a lesser extent brisbane as well um one percent is forty nine to forty in our favor as well. So, you know, even across the board um, in general for a lot of the stats, as far as your disposal disposal stats and whatnot, um, but again, the key indicators were, you know, inside 50s we had more but didn't weren't as efficient. Um, obviously, goal-kicking was the big factor in this one rather than so much the structure. Um, we actually saw Todd Marshall get on the lead a bit and a little bit more. Um, Sam Mays played an interesting role there, a slightly smaller forward um but um energetic and movable and he had you know he kicked a couple of goals before and took a great mark um, to kick one of those goals before missing a couple of decent chances as well. Um but he's been brought in for his first game since, you know, the end of the regular season last year I think. You know, he he shouldn't be relied upon well, no, we do need to rely upon these guys coming in and be a bit better kicks and that's probably just more again an overall um you know forward fifty thing in general. We just need to see a, a large swathe of our players start to find be be able to use the ball better inside 15, and make these chances count. Um, but um, but you know, as far as the structure goes and and the way the forward 50 line was working, it was a little bit better. You know, obviously Marshall again, he was leading into space, he was getting space and ca- like leading and taking marks on the lead, which I just hadn't seen um, all year. He hadn't, you know, he often be between a couple of defenders and trying to have and having a half leap and you know whether some of my criticism of Marshall's um, apparent lack of attack on the ball was just because he didn't actually have the room to attack it I don't know, I'm happy to admit because um, I, I think he, like, the way he moved, but I think he just, he looked better the, the other day so whether something switched on in the between the Hawthorne match and, and certainly he, again he wasn't alone in the Hawthorne match by any means so I'm not certainly certainly not singling him out but his uptick in performance was um really impressive to see and that's a great sign because we're not um as we've found out, we're not getting Charlie Dixon back for at least another month or I, I honestly can't imagine seeing him within the next two months if he's if he's going, he's going in for more surgery. So Yeah, Todd Marshall, that kind of level of performance is gonna be required. Still need to see a bit more out of Georgiardis, but again the just the general efficiency in fifty was better. As far as our ability to find targets, um, had you know, kind of eyes down a little bit more rather than just bombing, um, picking out targets. You know, the midfielders were looking to pick out targets a little bit more. So there was good signs there, but then it's just still you know goal kicking, and our ability to um, do that at a at a level at a point where we could actually put the put the throat, foot down on the throat. You know, that kind of thing again was the major factor. Is just we didn't do it, and we weren't consistent in our in our performance levels enough within the game to make that kind of domination and ability to find targets count. And that's just so frustrating that you find, we started finding things in this game, but we still couldn't fucking make it count at the end because of some, some mythical thing that exists within our team. that just doesn't allow us to, uh, to ultimately um, ultimately get the win. And again, that comes down to there's a myriad of things that that can be, whether that be coaching, coaching, and that's what i think it is i think it's just a level of uh, top to bottom nah, malaise isn't the quite wor- maybe the right word but it just feels like a little bit of malaise and, and inability to truly find that it, it's finding a cutting edge it's finding a harshness in our team finding that brutal brutality within our team that goes that uh, doesn't accept anything but the win you know, again, I was talking about reading Blood in the Garden last week. Um, I just started it, and I am um, probably almost halfway through it now. It's just when you look at the way, um, and I mean, these, these are things that you can have discussions about as to what the right way to go about being a uh, a sporting club is, because certainly many would say the New York Knicks of the 90s weren't exactly a bit shining beacon of how a you know, a good and fair sporting club should be, but and you know, they ultimately didn't win a, a title either. But, man, you look at the way... I mean, well, yeah, we can talk about the Knicks and Oakley and the way, they, the way they treated practices like they were games and the brutality, you know, people getting their teeth knocked out of practice and all that kind of stuff, and just the, the level of intensity and competition at practice. But that kind of stuff did lend them to at least... They battled Jordan to seven games in some of those series. They battled the paces to seven games, and and uh, they just didn't quite get over the line against the the Rockets, and and, and certainly they ran into Jordan the balls a few times, and and battled with him. Um, but then you look at Jordan and what he did, you know the shit he he was a fucking asshole, like, and he readily admits it. He his idea was to te- you know that, that like are our players, what what is training? What is training for our coaches and our players? You know Phil Jackson. Kind of, you know, like you know, let Jordan do what he did because he understood what it was for our team, for the for the Bulls, and um, you know, and, and if people don't know what I'm talking about, says Jordan would would trash talk his own teammates in practice. He'd be an asshole. He would demand the best. He'd he'd get like I think he got you know get them into almost fighting at practice. And it's not like you just want um unmitigated violence and trash talk or anything like that practice, you just need an attitude that that brings about some kind of level of performance that you didn't know existed within yourselves and within the team and within your teammates. And I don't know exactly what I'm trying to get to in saying all this beyond the fact that I just think there is a harshness and a harsh edge and a and a sharpness to our competitiveness that is missing and the, and I think it's a subconscious thing too because I think the players truly believe that they are doing the absolute utmost best and I'm sure the coaches do too the fact is if they were then with this if they believe in the talent of the squad we have as you know as we have been led to believe that the squad was as talented as any and many people have thought it was then we should be a lot better than we are you know, Connor Rosy should be finding that extra step at this point, you know, because you know, <laughs> not wanting to do the old Sam Walsh, versus Connor Rosey thing, but that has been the story. And you know, at this point, you know, everyone's saying, well, so that argument's dead in the water now because Sam Walsh is clearly the player that should have been picked before Connor Rosy. So, and that's not to say I don't think Connor Rosy can be an amazing player. I think he's showing glimpses of it last year, especially in the 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 home stretch last year. I think he was brilliant. I think he can find it again. But again, it's finding the consistency and performance these guys are the ones we need to be relying on um you know Zach Butters, I think is he's been okay this year but again he hasn't fi- quite found the step that we we saw him have before his injury last year um Dersmer's um obviously been unlucky with a a pretty brutal injury at the start of this year that uh, while it didn't keep him out of the next week I think it kept him out of being uh as effective as he can be but yeah, god the excitement that the likes Dersmer and stuff were bringing in that first season and we just it just stagnated um, and like I said, we're still relying on the Bokes and all that. So I just think there is something within our training or whatever we're doing that just isn't quite bringing out that neck, that extra level. And I said it last week, there's the 95% that gets you to almost being the greatest premiership team. That 95% that can happen pretty quickly, and pretty easily. But that, that last 5% of effort and attitude and, and absolute commitment you need to being Melbourne last year or the Richmond teams of the of the last four years, before that, that extra five percent is just so difficult to find. You actually need to really dig it, dig within yourselves deep, find out what truly really matters to you as far as an app, being an athlete and a, and part of a team, and find and find that part of you and see if you want to go there. You know, your Michael Jordans have done that. You know, if you're a LeBron James fan or not, he has done that, Regardless, you know, he's done it in a different way than Jordan. Um, but he's done it. He's He has got himself to that promised land and got himself to the finals in regularity as well, even if it's meant moving teams. Um, Kobe Bryant, um, these guys I'm, I'm bringing up a lot of, but, you know, you're... And coaches in, you know, maybe in soccer, it's been more about the coaches um, than the that build the teams within the players that they've had. You know, again, I hate bringing it up as an example, but Alex Ferguson, he had an arsehole quality about him, you know, tossing fucking boots across and almost hitting or or cutting David Beckham's eye. Like, all these things aren't great things, but the the examples of, you know, you shouldn't be throwing a boot across a room and hitting a player, that shouldn't happen, but it's the attitude that brings about that kind of level of competitiveness that we just haven't got at the moment. I just don't think it's there, and I'm I'm from the outside looking in, obviously. So what actually is going on in the inner sanctum, as it's known, um, is a mystery to me. And I could be wrong. This is just my opinion. But all I can do as a fan is look at what I, the product that's being put out in the field in a game like this showdown and find and find the the common thread that goes that we use week in week out. And what I see week in, week out from last year and the year before is a team that is so close at times to being truly elite but then finds a way to shoot itself in the foot. And that's what we've seen again this week against the Crows is that we shot ourselves in the foot from a winning position. We, You know, it's the old meme where the guy's like riding on his bike and he's just like, oh, I don't want to, you know, um, he sticks the fucking stick in his own spokes after saying something stupid. You know, it's and that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing is we're going. We're the greatest team on earth. There's nothing that can stop us. And then we stick a fucking stick the fucking stick in in the spokes and and the crows go running past us and with a great goal to win the game. So look, it's it's uh, a lot of unanswerable questions. Um, certainly, as I've said already, or briefly alluded to, is that Twitter's been uh, on fire the last few <laughs> few days. Just social media has been. If you haven't been on there and you walk in there at any point, it's like they're fucking community gif meme thing of Troy walking into the fucking apartment when it's on fire with the, the stack of pizzas and just fucking dropping them and screaming because you see some, you know, there's people blocking people, um, people fucking, some dickhead comparing. I mean, some dickhead. I don't, like, I've had good interactions with some of these people at times, but then when they... This is my thing with the social media stuff, just to finish out and there's a little bit, is I think the brevity of Twitter makes it so difficult to actually make a solid point without um you know you you try to do it in two hundred and eighty characters, whatever it fucking is, and try to find the right tone and the right words to get your point across within two hundred and characters, because otherwise you can go on a ten ten fucking tweet thread, but then you have to plan that shit out and I just don't, don't don't have time for that to make a point so i like try to try to within a tweet or two get the point across and you know the koshi uh Koshi having a crack about um the minority of fans um you know, abusing stuff, which isn't good, um, it obviously isn't good, but I think that shied away, as I think I said at the start, I can't remember, I've been sick, I don't know, um, my memory from five minutes ago is already gone, um, but you know, I, I, you know, our point today, I think, was just that, uh, you know, you've got a, there's some deflection from the actual issues and the actual proper crit- critiques that Port Adelaide fans have at the moment. um you know, that, that interview in Five A just focused on a distinct minority rather than actually focusing on the issues that a lot of the the majority of Goodport fans have. Um and, and then of course the 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 true believer kind of people that, you know, don't the cognitive dissonance that um that happens that when a fan goes, You can't you can't abuse pla or oh, you not even abuse, you can't you know, you can't criticise players and coaches. You just gotta get behind them. You can't you just always get behind them no matter what thick and thin get behind the players but if you're a fan then i can call you a cunt or compare you to Putin i don't understand where that that fucking <laughs> that cognitive dissonance happens it just doesn't make any sense to me that you can you can turn on a, a fellow fan to that extent like that deeper deeper extent but that but not not accept that a fan can just have a genuine criticism about the playing or the coaching at the time you know it's just it's a weird place that the fan and this isn't. This isn't. And this is my main point too. With all the stuff that's going on, is it? It's every fan base has shitty fans. There's going to be Crows fans have had, had the cracks at each other like this in the past couple of years. It happens in all fan bases. I've. I'm in. i find myself in a few fan bases around the world with the, my my teams. I've in around the world, and it happens in every single one. You know, Liverpool fans, Portland Timbers fans, um, Oregon Ducks fans. So I'm an Oregon alum. Happens there all the fucking time. Trust me. You know this kind of these kind of arguments aren't you know whether it be coaching or um you know quarterback you know quarterback discussion was the big thing in um at Oregon last year and you know, it happens it fucking happens you're allowed to ask the questions and be um you know constructively critical about it without um you know being called a dickhead and a blind you know just you can do it you can do it you can have a have a smart discussion about it. And yeah, after a loss, some of us just go, oh, for fuck's sake, Hinkley or something like that. But then again, unless you're actually going, like, adding Hinkley and calling him a and saying you're going to burn his fucking house down or something like that. If you just go, for fuck's sake, I'm sick of this coaching or something like that, like, you're allowed to express your emotions like that too. If it's just a tweet out to the ether and you're not fucking sending a letter to the home or whatever, then it's who the fuck cares? Just... We gotta, we gotta not be so soft. Is what it is with this stuff, you know. And I'm, I'm someone who believes in, you know, empathy and all that stuff for people. And that's why I, I try, I, I avoid, you know, being too personal about it and finding the right words to be able to construct. And that's what you have just gotta do. Just be constructively critical. And, and that's the problem at the moment with the little um, discourse that's happening on Twitter at the moment. Is people are, if you just have strong constructive criticism. People take that as a as a bad fan thing, and it's just like, well, as members and supporters, we're allowed to have an opinion like this. It's just you're allowed to say, I'm not agree. I don't agree with the coach at the moment. I don't agree. Is that I don't agree that is the right man for the job. But we're not going to sack. I can't sack him. And I'm like, guys, oh, so I'm not going to sack him. And I'll happily, as I said at the end of my review last week, and I'll end my review this week again. I am. Fucking begging Ken Hinckley to prove me wrong. Fucking prove me wrong, because then it'll, I'll, it'll be the happiest day of my life if he proves me wrong and wins a premiership. I don't think he can win a premiership at the moment, but I'll be fucking happily proven wrong. I will happily... If Ken Hinckley wants to stand up on the dais like Mark Williams did in 2004 and say, and fucking David, with that fucking Creed account, you were wrong. Like Fucking I will... Make that my voicemail for the rest of my life. Like I'll be fucking stoked because we'll have won the Premiership at the end. That's all what we all want. We're all here for a common goal. We just have different opinions about where we're, how we're going to get there. And when the team just isn't performing, then there is going to be a variety of opinions. When that's what happens, and that's that's okay for it to happen. It's okay to have difference of opinion and have a little bit of it's not you know a little bit of discourse that is somewhat heated on Twitter can be healthy as well if people are just, just go, yeah, I don't agree with you, but that's fine, yeah, but then you have people coming in and saying, you know, calling people silly little cunts for having, having difference of opinions or just having a little bit of fun, you know, trolling and saying, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just a little bit of fun and, and, and so, yeah, can happily, just please prove me wrong, please do. I'll be fucking stoked. I'm going to say that after every loss that happens this year and the way we're going, I believe there will be a few more. Um, but yeah, just prove me wrong. I'll be fucking stoked. <sighs> All right, I'm going to try and. Um, the review. The, so this is the review for the Crows match. I don't even know how much I fucking talked about the match, to be honest. Did I? I don't know. Did I mention in this podcast? I can't remember. I, I had to re record a bit because I, I kind of lost my train of thought. And so I started recording. it, I, I deleted it. I just started again. I can't remember if I mentioned that one or this one. How um, sick I've kind of been. Pretty s- not. I've I've been well. I've gone to work and whatnot. And by the way, I've tested negative four times in the last week because I keep taking rat tests. I've taken a PCR. I keep testing negative, so I'm going to work. And you know, I, I obviously I'm obviously doing the right thing as far as COVID safe stuff goes. But man, I've been sick, and my brain's been all over the place. Um, just not not with it. So. Uh, This review probably hasn't been of the best, but fuck it. It was a fucking loss to the Crows in a showdown. It was never going to be that fucking good, so whatever. Cheers for sticking with us. Um, Listening for the podcast, whatever. Um, Appreciate you all, as always, even in these these painted black times that we are living in as Port fans at the moment. But um, yeah, stay the course. This is the thing after all this. You know, I'm going to be critical. Of, of the coach or decisions that i see or or, or you know when i when the ceo is saying stuff in the media that is being misinterpreted or, or is you know making too much of it out of one thing in the media without addressing the other things i will talk about it and will be critical about it but it's i try to I'll try i always try to be as constructive about it as possible people won't see it that way all the time and that's fine and i'll either give you a response that is um you know, show some respect, or if you're just being a real dickhead, I'll, I won't even give you any respect, and that's what that's how it is on, on Twitter and socials, and that's how I'll treat it, because I think um, you kind of come out we'll come at it with respect or don't, or whatever. But um, yeah, we'll uh, uh, with all that aside, I'll stay the course. I'm, I'm a member and a Port fan for life. That's, that's the way it's always going to be. That's the way I've always been. I'm, you know, 34 now. I've been there since the start, and, um, and I'm going to continue to be there. But that doesn't mean I'm not after this this amount of time and having seen um, probably a couple, I think a premiership or two left on the table, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pretty critical in looking for the for the ste- the the way forward because I believe Port Adelaide's mantra in the past has been that we don't accept anything less, and I think we are being asked to accept a little bit less at the moment as we try to find our way forward. There is some excuses being made and that kind of thing, and that's just what that's where my criticism comes from. I understand the modern AFL is very different to where Port Adelaide has come from in the in the state league in the past, but it doesn't mean we still can't expect the absolute best out of you know the absolute best treatment and best performance um, or yearning for that performance. That, and I just don't see that at the moment. So that's why I'll continue to to talk about it in the way I do, and people can either choose to. Choose to take it on board, or they can agree with some and disagree with some other bits, and we can have a we can have a good discourse about it. Or you can you know you can be an idiot about it too. Um, it's prerogative. It's um it's a free country. Um, or at least it kind of is. Um, no, we're freedom, freedom isn't free. People. Um, that's 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 a that's a discussion for another podcast. Um, that I'm not going to do because <laughs> I don't need to get myself in any more trouble. Anyway, can't appear. We'll always be here. Um, regardless. Good or bad, thicker thin, we are here, but we're allowed to be critical too.